بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونسلي على رسول الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله ونقدني مدعو سيري وتكليد and towards understanding Taqlid. And I, as I explained to you last week, that whenever a question is posed to you, you try to understand that question. Then you can assess why that person is asking that question, where that person is coming from, and then cool and calmly you can answer. And generally, to give you an example, Someone can ask you that and tell you, see, I'm not interested in Fazail Amal because there is too many Zaif Hadith. And say, stop reading Fazail Amal in the Masjid. Sheikh Zakaria Rahmatullah is quoting too many Zaif Hadith. And say, blanket statement that Zaif Hadith is not accepted, please don't use Fazail Amal. They will say you close it, throw it out of the window, that it is not correct, you are misleading people by reading Fazail Amal in God Zaif Now what happens to us, we, because we are emotionally attached to Sheikh Zakaria Rabbi and we also like Fazail Amal, then we start getting worked up. As a result, in any discussion, Understand something that if you get emotional, you're going to lose the argument. If you get sentimental, you're losing argument. You raise your voice, you're losing argument. But if you're relaxed, calm, cool, collective, inshallah you'll win. So you tell the person that. I am from the Ahl Sunnat wal Jamaat. I am going to use Quran, Sunnat, Ijma, and Qiyas. Where are you from? He will tell you that listen, we are firm practices on Islam. We only use Quran and Hadith. I tell you, you see, we are very good Muslims. We only use Quran and Hadith. We are perfect Muslims, we only use Quran and Hadith. And this is what you want him to say. He's not realizing it, but he's just putting himself into a corner. I'll show you how. With his own question now, you can silence him, defeat him. Just by that question of his, which he thinks he's a scholar of Islam. Which he thinks he's a big scholar of Islam. Mullah Rashid Abul Bhagwai stated the most easiest thing to do is to make etaraz objection. Because for etaraz objection you require no brains. And the most difficult thing to do is to give jawab. That's most difficult. Nevertheless, you tell him see that uh, define for me what is Zaif. You define for me. Meanwhile, if you look at it carefully, unfortunately, we ourselves, uh, we made a wrong definition of Zaif. 
Why? How we did this? I thought to myself too, years ago we did this until we realized there's a new fitna coming. We call it Al-Hadith, La Mazhabiyah, Salafi, current day, Ghair Bukhali. See, in Urdu, when we translate Zaif Hadith, we still use that word Zaif. Now in Urdu, and when we translate it from Urdu to English, we say weak. This is the wrong translation. Because Zaif is a Hadith Istilah. It's a terminology in Hadith classification. How we get Mashur, Mutawatir, Mursal, Munkate, huh? in Hadith, we get Zaif, Mawzu. Right? So what we unfortunately have done, that we said Zaif, weak. And when you tell a person this Hadith is weak, especially Salafi, Ghair Mukhalid, in his mind when he presents it, he'll say, yeah, they say it's weak, it's fabricated. He added fabricated. They say it's weak, it's concocted. He added concocted. You said it's weak because we did not have the correct word to translate it, so we have said now Zaif weak. Nowadays when we translate Zaif, we leave it Zaif. We don't use no word. Because we cannot find an English equivalent for it. Now when he has told us that, listen, I am excellent Muslim, I am from Quran and Hadith, he trapped himself. Why? Because he just declared himself in front of you that he is Ali Hadith, the Salafi current. He is Lama Zabiya, he is Ghair Mukhani. Now you pose the question calmly to him, define for me Zaif. So now he's will tell you that you see, Zaif and he will give you a tarif, or definition. So you ask him, who, who said this? He said, no, Ibn Hajar Askalani Ramtulani. Badruddin Aini Ramtulali, Mullah Likari Ramtulali, Ibn Taymiyyah, he used to say that. Or he used to say Albani, he used to define it. So you tell him, now understand this point very carefully. Tell him, see, I don't accept this. Because you yourself don't accept it. So what do you mean? Because you just said, I'm from Quran and Hadith. I want you to show me definition from Quran and Hadith. Don't tell me about Ibn Hajar Raskalani Because you said just now that Quwat al-Istidlal is Quran and Hadith. Now you show me from Quran and Hadith defined from the Zayif. Where is it going to move? Honestly, he cannot move anyway. Now when he cannot define, define Zayif, what you could do now? You won already. Because anything he tells you which is not from Quran and Hadith. He can bring the biggest scholar in Hadith. He said, no, but you said just now, only Quran and Hadith. You follow your rule. I'm going to follow my rule. If I see Hafiz ibn Hajar defines Zaif, I'm entitled to do so. Because I've accepted him. I've accepted an expert. You don't accept expert. You expect only Quran and Hadith. So when you don't accept experts, how you will come out of this one? Now, understand what we say about Zaif Hadith. 
we've got four illustrious Imams. And two of them say clearly that when we go from Quran to Sunnah to Hadith, then we use Zaif Hadith to even prove Maslah. Maslah Masail. One Imam says that when there is no other istidlal, then we will use the Zaif Hadith to make istidlal. One Imam says that we regard Zaif Hadith as Mursal and Murkate Hadith. Just like we make istidlal and istibat from these Mursal Hadith and Munkate Hadith, we will make istidlal and istibat from Zaif Hadith. For Masla, not for Fazaila, for Masla. And what they have taken in the, created in the mind of the public, that Zaif Hadith, no way you touch it. There are these four great Imams are saying that we use it for Masla Masai. Where you find this discussion, Murad Abdullah Maruf, Ustad of Darulub Dioband wrote on Kitab, we translated it. The Etarazat against Fazail Amal, Ek Usuli Jawabat, we translated it. So we find what I'm saying there. Now, another thing you can tell him, see, that Zaif Hadith, they are according to some scholars 17 types. According to some scholars, 18 types. And two, only two, are going into the category of Mozu. Only two. So you say you are Ele Hadith, huh? Ele Hadith, you are. You use Quran and Hadith. Tell me the 17 types. Tell me the 19 types. And classify each type with its hukam, with its order, and tell me which two types, that those two types are Badarja Mozu. Tell me. He, not his grandfather, will say. Why? Because he doesn't know. He's bluffing people, calling people. So now, then there is the usul that coming through. That when there is Zaif Hadith, we utilize it for fazail, for virtues. Why? Because when there is a similar mazamin matter in the Quran and nice, valid, reliable Hadith, and you've got a Zaif Hadith backing it, then we will use it for fazail. And then when you've got many Zaif Hadith, then the, the taqwiyat in the quote istidlal, the strength in the uh, deduction, in the power of deduction. Now, simple logic, you got one stick, it's easy to break. You put many sticks together, you can't break it. So the zaif hadith is on that darja. So when you got many zaif hadiths proving the same point, you can use it comfortably for virtues. But here I would like you to understand that I am saying forget the fazail, you can use it for masail. And they creating an impression to us that Zaif is like the Muslim. Then you ask that person that listen, yeah, you've got big problems with Fazail Amal. Show us Mozu Hadith there. Concocted, fabricated Hadith. Show. 
Now we have explained to you our position from the Ahlus-Sunnah to Jamaat as far as Zaif hadith is concerned. You show us that what you say is Mozuat in Fazail Ahmad. Inshallah, I can't come with Mozuat. Shem Zakaria was a big scholar, very big scholar. He knew what he was doing. He was bringing, definitely, right? He was bringing uh, Zaif hadith, but not Mozuat. He was not really Mozu uh, Hadiths. So remember these people, later on, inshallah, I will show you that these El Hadiths, like how Tabliq Jamaat got six points, they got six points. When they discussed with anybody, they got six points. Sometime, inshallah, we'll talk about their six points and how to answer their famous six points. Any youngster they catch hold of, they'll teach him the six points. How Tabi Jamaat's brothers teach us six points, they'll catch and teach six points. And these six points, our ulama uh, realized, Mona Muhammad, Amin Okarbi, Ramtulayla, etc., they wrote about that. Because they were fished daily with them. So they outlined these six points and how to answer them. Now, Alhamdulillah, we have already proved that Taklid in the Quran, the first that is. Uh, one ayat we used. Then we used Then in Taklid in the Ahadith we showed you Ma'ana Alehi Ashabi and then the lady came and Nabi Akram said follow Abu Bakr and Umar. Then Alhamdulillah we started showing you Taklid in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr and in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr who we gave examples of collection and compilation of Quran. That's one example we gave. Then we gave a second example that Hazrat Abu Bakr who nominated Hazrat Umar in both cases, compilation of Quran and nomination of Hazrat Umar no hadith available. He did ijtihad. Then we came to the time of Hazrat Umar when he gathered Sahaba for Tarawih Salah. No hadith is utilized. But, Alaykum bi Sunnati wa Sunnat al-Khulafai wa Rashidin. Then Hazrat Umar no hadith directing him towards nominating six. He nominated six. Then, in the time of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala or where was the decision made by Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala who we start from there actually in the time of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala there were many battles and now there was a battle in Armenia and Azbarjan and when the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala who went to Armenia and Azbarjan then upon return Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman Radiallahu ta'ala who came to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala and he said, Ya Usman, do something. Because there we're getting people from Iraq, they read the Quran differently. We're getting from people from Syria, they read the Quran differently. We're getting people from Kufa, they read the Quran differently. We're getting people from Basra, Basra they read the Quran differently. And we, from Medina, Makkah, we read the Quran differently. Right. Now, 
what he was referring to was the dialect. The dialect in recitation of Quran Karim. And he said, matters are getting ahead now. Because when the people from Syria are reading Quran, they say those people from Iraq, they not reading Quran properly, they not uh, in the fold. And the people from Kufa and Basra, they also say these Basras are, uh, are wrong and the Kufians are wrong. Now there is tension now. And each one is now saying completely a wrong recitation. Now that's another discussion someplace I made about dialect recitation. Now you know that there are about seven types, seven famous types of reading. Like we read in Hafs, there is in verse. Now, these seven are famous, then you get ten, then you get fourteen. Nowadays, especially when you have Kiran Jalsas, the Kari reads and the Molana is left to answer questions. Kari reads Aliflam Ra, Aliflam Re, he's doing some funny, funny things. Then the public asks the Molana what he's doing. Oh, you understand? Then Ya Alamul you study Jalalain. When uh, Alama Suyuti, Rahmatullah, he brings a different Kiratsi. No one objects. We are by we understand. But to explain to the common man about dialect and Quran, sometimes you have difficulty. But when you understand your own country and we understand language of uh, English, it's very easy to explain this thing. See, in some parts of our country, we say that I threw a stone at him. Right? Some parts of our country we say, I threw him with a stone. What do you mean? It's the same thing. But the second one could mean that you took the stone and he went through it. But actually you threw the stone at him. Right? So, and then, and even sometimes word changes. Like uh, today my son was telling me that, uh, I, I'll say you something, you tell me what it means. I said, what? He said, no, one person, he told the Molana that uh, I'm very posy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, no, I know, I know what I understand. He said, I'm going home. A perfect that you understand. Now, this such a big muscle is getting hollier. You, you all of you understand this thing. Big muscle is getting hollier. That see the variation of dialect. The word even changing. So, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala know what he did. Then he realized, no, Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman is talking sense now. Because Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman told him, see, if we don't address this, then what happened to the Christians and the Jews is going to happen to us. We will start internal fighting, there will be quarrel, there will be dispute, and there will be disagreement, there will be disunity, there will be a lot of difficulties. So we have to sort this out. So, Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala knew what he did, then he went to Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he compiled Quran al Karim, then he gave the manuscript to Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha, daughter of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala she had the manuscript. He brought it from her and he told Hazrat Zaymid the Samid radiallahu ta'ala anhu that now you, Hazrat Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Sayyid ibn As, he said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, prepare now copies and standardize the dialect according to the Quraysh. Standardize the dialect. 
That means he brought everything to one, one standardization of Arabic language as per the Quraysh dialect. Now, question arises here. Which hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told do the standardization of Quran? And wallah, if he never do it, what should have happened to us? Now, when he did this, did he commit kufr, shirk, bida? And what about all the sahaba that were present there? They acknowledged this, they knew what's happening there. So these, they saw Mazallah, Hadrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala who commit kufr, shirk, bidat, because he's not following any hadith. He said, he's not from the al hadith. So he's not following any hadith, and now he's doing such an action, they left him. So that means they also involved in that. Sahaba and Tabi'in, they witnessed this proceeding. But they, and they took part in this proceeding, they never object. Now, if the taqlid of Hazrat Usman, radiallahu ta'ala, the standardization is invalid, then why do those who reject taqlid read the Quran or the, or the dialect standardized by Hazrat Usman, radiallahu ta'ala? Now, in Pakistan, these people who are mutashaddid, they say that is Musaf Usmani. <coughs> we don't want to read it. Why? Because he never follow any hadith. To that extent they go. They say, oh, he never follow any hadith, therefore it is Musaf Usmani, they don't refer to it as Quran, and they don't want to read it. Hazrat Usman, when he took Khilafat, when he became Khalif, when he took the pledge of Khilafat, on the condition that he will make the clear of the previous Khulafa. Page 79, that listen, I am your Khalif, but I will make Iltiba, I will make the clear of the last two Khalifs, Abu Bakr and Umar. If that was Kufar and Shirk and Bida, then how come he did it? Why did he do it? Let us go to the second thing. In the time of Hadrat Usman, remember, there was expansion in the masjid of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when there was expansion in the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam masjid, Hadrat Usman, he ordered we should have a second azad. We should have a second azad. So, Currently, prior to the Khilafat of Hadrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala there was only one azan for Jumar. Which azan? The azan in front of the Khatib. Right? Yeah, the second point. That there are four khutbas, it is wajib to listen. And we should educate our public. Four khutbahs. One is the Friday Juma khutbah. Two Eid khutbahs. And one is the Nikah khutbah. The khutbah of the Nikah is wajib to listen. And a lot of people you'll find talking during the time. You don't attend the khutbah wajib, which is wajib to listen, you haven't attended that man's Nikah. Then the Friday Juma khutbah, 
when the muazzin is giving, because we go every Juma different different platforms, sometimes you find that the muazzin is standing wherever he wants to. That azan in Umdatul uh, Fikir is written that he must give in front of the khatib, in front, not in the side, front. Some places we are well, they're giving it to the side. Ah, the ikama, as you know, he can give from any part of the masjid. But that, that one, he must give in front of the khatib. So now, in the time of Hazrat Usman, there was only one azar. He initiated the second azar. So technically speaking, which has now become the first azar, while the one before the khutbah has become the second azar. Because remember, the, in those days, the first azan was the only azan. That was in the, the khutbah, uh, the azan before the khutbah. And then Usman Radiallahu put the first azan. So that means that we came historically, chronologically speaking, second is the first. And that which was is first is second. Now we'll, we ask questions now. Which hadith we followed? Which hadith he followed when he asked for this second hazard? No hadith. Did the people of the time object? Or the main taklid? Was there any hair mukhal in that time? Any hadith who objected? No one. Then did Hazrat Uswara Ta'ala to commit kufr, shirk, bidah? Nothing. Did those who adhere to his order commit kufr, shirk, and bidah? So what must we do now? Clear taklid we making. Why? Because just the hadith of Nabi Akram Sarasim suffices for us. Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulafai rashidin al-mahdiin mibadi. Now taklid is the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Why? Because these people what they say? Taklid, huh? We're Quran hadith, Quran hadith story. So, in the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Abdullah bin Sabah, who is the founder of Shiaism, he came out. Now, Alhamdulillah, we have translated history of Shiaism by Moran Abdul Shakur Laknawi, uh, it's available now in English, where it's proven clearly Abdullah bin Sabah, the Jew, is the founder of Shiaism. And in his time, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala as stated in the Hadith, Two groups came out. One loving him and going beyond the boundary. One hating him going beyond the boundary. One loving him going beyond the boundary, Shia. One hating him going beyond the boundary, Khawarij. Both deviated. Uh, both out of the fall of Islam. And now, what these people generally raise the issue. And I'll mention it, that in the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala there was a difference between him and Hazrat Mabiya radiallahu ta'ala. Understand clearly Ali Sunnat wal Jamaat view that Hazrat Mabiya radiallahu ta'ala and the difference between him and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was not because of the Khilafat. He was not desirous of the Khilafat. He did not want the Khilafat. He was already the governor of Sham. He was already governor of Sham for 19 years. 
What he wants khilaf? He's already got his position there. What he wanted, Hazrat Ta'ala he said, apprehend the murderers of Hazrat Usman Ta'ala Hazrat Ali Ta'ala said, no, let me stabilize the government first, then I'll apprehend. Then I'll apprehend. This dispute took place, the Battle of Sifin took place, and if you read carefully Battle of Sifin, then when the two parties were there, those days they should come in front. Then, in the night, these Munafikin, Abdullah bin Sabah again, they created rebellion and began to throw arrows and fire arrows in the dark. Chaos started. It went out of control. In the time of that battle, a little deviation, that the followers of Hazrat Mawiyah radiallahu ta'ala they should go and make salat in the camp of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and the followers of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala should come and make salat here by Hazrat Mawiyah radiallahu ta'ala when asked why they say the food is better than the same and the kirat is better than the same understand so what there is big jagrani this Munafikin caused these problems. And I understand something. When those people said, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala who is God incarnation on earth, they began to say Hazrat Ali is God. So Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala who, he caught hold of them and he said, I will burn you all. So he dug the trench and he told them, like they told his companions, light the fire. So those people began to say that burning is the exclusive right of Allah Ta'ala. This is Shari Basla. Burning is an exclusive right of Allah Ta'ala. While Jahannam is there. So Hazrat Ali Radiallahu Ta'ala said, you people say that I burn, I'll burn you. He burned them. Now when he burned them, all those who are around him did not object. Now when he burned them, which hadith he followed? Which hadith he followed? Nothing. No hadith. Forget that. The Quran is saying this is an exclusive right of Allah Azawajal. But he went through this action. He went completely through this action. No one objected. He just made his taklim. You think Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Rumazala committed kufar shirk and bidat? Those around him who initiated the fire, etc., you think they were following someone who was asking them to commit kufr and shirk and all those things. Now, in Fikr Akbar, page 79, it is written, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala used to say, I am making ijtihad on my view. See, these Salafis, current day, al Hadith, Khair Bukhalis, it's so dangerous. Because when you say Quran and Hadith, you're denying Ijma, you're denying Qiyas, you're denying Ijtihad. On one side, you're closing all that. Then all the Khulafah and Rashidin have quoted for to you are saying clearly you're making Ijtihad. And Hazrat Mazid al-Jabal, when he was said, he said, I'm making Ijtihad. 
Et bien, l'avoue de la vie, c'est le seul objet qui voit ce qui est le plus. Mais qui est le plus. Secondly, understand something. That in the kitabs, Musannif ibn Abdi Sheba, Musannif ibn Abdul Razak, Mani ul Asar, there are literally thousands of rulings of Hadrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala ruwa, the Sahaba, are stated there. And they are stated, the rulings are stated, thousands of them, with not one hadith backing those rulings. Not one hadith. No one objected. No one objects. Now does this make them deniers and rejecters of hadith? Sorry, in reality these ghair mukallits, they are like the Shias, and they are like the Rawafis. And there are similarities between the Rawafis, Shia, and the Ghair Mukhalid. Both of them, they deny Sahaba Ikram are the criterion of right and wrong. Both of them. Both of them, they regard three talaks as one. Both of them. And both of them, they say Tarawi is a bidat of Hadrat Umar one of them say eight rakats, the other ones don't even make tarawih. Shias don't even make tarawih. Both of them, they say that second azan initiated by Hadrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala that is a complete innovation, and they say that is a bidat of Hadrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala Both of these Shias and Ghair Mukhalid, they say the decision of Hadrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and Hadrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anhu preventing women from masajid, they say this is wrong. Understand? So, basic thing when they reject Sahaba, both of them. And both these groups deny and reject the ijma of Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala anhu majmai. Now when you reject the ijma, according to the Lukwan Kitab, this is what kitab we translate called Raya Sunnah. Raya Sunnah is by Molana Safaraz Khan. <coughs> if you read the, the discussion he makes on Ijma Day. And he says, majority of the ulama, when it comes to Ijma on Akida, and you deny Ijma on Akida, you become a kafir. See the Hawala is there. We translate it, it's called part of Sunnah. Now the people say, the woman taklid in the time of Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala Was the taklid in the time of Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala They ask you the question. So let's go. Hadrat Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala says that Hadrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala delivered a sermon at a place called Jabiyah and said, O oh people, those of you who want to know about fiqh should go to Mars in Jabal. And those of you who want to ask about property, goods, should come to me. For Allah has made me its custodian and distributor. So what Hazrat Umar is saying? If you want to know about fiqh, go to Mazib al-Jabal. Yes, what he is proving here? Taqlid and taqlid the shaksi. Why? What is their complaint? When you're getting taqlid the shaksi, Hadrat Umar is classified amongst the six fuqaha of Islam. He himself is a fakir. 
But he's saying the public go to Masjid al-Jabal, radiallahu ta'ala. So he's telling the public, listen, this is my hidayat, this is my guidance. When it comes to goods, come to me, I know what to do, your distribution, etc. When it comes to fiqh, go to Masjid al-Jabal. He's telling the public to make taqlid. Taqlid, taqlid, the shaksi. No other objection. People want to know in Taqlid in the time of Sahaba, see, open example. Secondly, Hadrat Sulaiman bin Yasar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, said that Hadrat Abu Ayyub Ansari, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, journeyed with the intention of Hajj until he reached Nazia and route to Makkah. At Nazia, his conveyance got lost. He thus reached Hadrat Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, on the 10th of Zil Hajj, the day of Nahr, the day of sacrifice. When Hajj had already taken place, Arafat is finished the time. And related what had happened. So he told Hazrat Umar, see, I came, I got lost, and now I'm here with you. Arafat is finished, I'm here on the 10th of Zil Hajj. So it's coming to us, Masla, isn't it? So Hazrat Umar said, You complete those acts which a person performing Umrah does. That means go and make tawaf and say <coughs> So as to come out of Iran. When the Hajj comes next year, perform Hajj and make sacrifice of what you can easily obtain. So what he, this person is doing, Hazrat Sulaiman in Yasar, radiallahu ta'ala do, he doesn't know the Masala. Fasalu Ahazik is going to the Mufti of the time, the Faqih of the time, is going to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala do, and Getting an answer. Question yet. Which hadith Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala used to give his ruling? No hadith proof was called for. No hadith proof he called for. But Umar radiallahu ta'ala told him, I'm finished, I'll take it. And I will go. I'll utilize it. Number three. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala he said about the principles of judgment. Every now and then he'll, all his governors, he judges, and writes letters to them. And he tells them, see, how to govern, how to judge, how to rule. So, in Sunan al Nasai, volume 2, page 305, he gives this Nasiya, he's there. From after today, whosoever is faced with the responsibility of Gaza, making Shari rulings, then you should decide by Kitabullah. If such an issue is presented, which is not in Kitabullah, then render a decision of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. See what he's saying. Kitabullah, the decision of Nabi Akram Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then if any issue is presented, which is not found in Kitabullah, and the decision of Nabi Akram Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then decision should be rendered in conformity with those of the Salihin, pious. What is he indicating to us? Ijma. Huh? You see how solid Ali Sunnah for Jamaat is? Solid. Because he's coming directly from who? Sahaba Ikram, radiallahu ta'ala anhu If any issue is presented <coughs> which no decision is available from Kitabul, <coughs> or decision of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the decision of Sahaba 
of the Sahsani Heel is available, then make it Tihar. What is bringing you now? Tiyas. Got it? Usula Shashi, Nurul Anwar, and what do you You understood all these things? It's clear, easy, simple. Can you see how they are doing La Arba Now, how can they say that you can use only Quran and Hadith? You never use the word Hadith. You use decisions of Nabi Akram Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abdillah Arba is Sabitiya. Deniers of Ijma, what they will do. Deniers of Qiyas, what they can do. Deniers of Ijtihad, what they can do. How are they going to come out of this one? Fourthly, the people of Medina questioned Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas about a woman who menstruated after the first tawaf. Can she return without performing the tawaf and wida? Ibn Abbas stated she can return without performing tawaf and wida. The people of Medina said, we will not leave the ruling of Zayd bin Sabit by acting on your ruling. Understand what is happening here. And this is the Bukhari, volume 1, page 237. Clearly what he saying. They asked Hadrat, big, big scholar they asked him, Hadrat Abdullah bin Abbas, he gave one ruling. And they said, no, no. Hadrat Zayd bin Sabit, he's our mufti. He's our Imam. We would follow his ruling. What is proving? Taklid the Shaksi. Clearly, he's proving Taklid the Shaksi. Who's objecting? No one. And then, now the next example is that what about the time of Sahaba till the time of Abu Hanifa Ramtulali? Did they follow any Imam? So now we have to start answering now. They say after the time of Sahaba, in the time of Sahaba you proved now, the Khulafaya Rashidin, in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr there was Taklid, in the time of Umar Taklid, in the time of Usman Taklid, in the time of Ali Taklid, they did not, they made decisions without any hadith backing them. Time of Sahaba, we gave you four examples, how they followed and made Taklid, Taklid, the Shakti. Now, after that, what has happened? Now you understand what Usul. Shah Waliullah Delvi Rabbitullah says that Sahaba are divided into two groups. Mujtahid and Mukhalik. Now, very easy to explain to the Awam this. When you're giving your bayan to explain the clean. That Jokhi, Juma, you tell here, all of us sitting here, we all got Muftis. All are not shaykhullah decents here. All are not imams here. All are not hafizas here. Immediately they see registers in the mind. Then you turn see Sahaba, Shah Waliullah says, they were not all mujtahids. Eh? They were mujtahid and mukallid. Then, Ibn Kayyum says, Sahaba Ikram, first of all, Sahaba Ikram, radiallahu ta'ala, alum ta'adad, 124,000 were in the Hajjah al She said, out of the Sahaba, 149 were theologians. How many? 149. And out of the 149, 
Seven gave most of the fatwas. Twenty gave few fatwas. Hundred and twenty-two rendered least fatwas. I'll repeat this because this is very important. Then, among the Sahaba, 149 were theologians, 7 gave most fatwas, 20 gave few fatwas, 122 rendered the least fatwas. Thousands of the fatwas are, are present in the following kitabs. Musannif ibn Abdi Sheba, Musannif ibn Abdul Razak, Mani al-Asar, all these Without any hadith substantiations, these rulings are there. Then, now understand, that means Sahaba had muftis amongst themselves. And the public followed these muftis without question. Where's our proof? What's our proof? We're making one claim here. Sahabas had muftis amongst themselves, and the public followed them. Shawali Allah Delhi, Rabbi he says, see, in Makkah, the Mufti was who? Hadrat Abdullah bin Abbas In Medina, who was the Mufti? Hadrat Zayd bin Sabit In Kufa, who was the Mufti? Hadrat Abdullah bin Masood In Yemen, who was the Mufti? Hadrat Maaz bin Jabal Basra, who was the Mufti? Hadrat Anas Simply speaking, the people of Makkah made taqlid of Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The people of Medina made taqlid of Hazrat Zayn ibn Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The people of Kufa made taqlid of Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The people of Yemen made taqlid of Hazrat Maz ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The people of Basra made taqlid of Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. It's very simple. The above example about the menstruating lady, you see, how they made taqlid of Hazrat Zayn bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala and we said, no, Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala and no, we are from this side, making his taqlid. No objection. Now, after that, what happened? That means after that also we can prove, we will prove later on, that after the time of Sahaba in Tabi'in's time, they were making taqlid. But, when the Sahaba were making taqlid of these various great fuqaha in their various towns, where they were making any kufr or shirk or bidat, they were not doing that. And plus, then, in the time of Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala and hope, the kirat formulation, there was no kirat formulation. They were reading Quran like how we have explained, and they were standing behind the Imam. There was no official compilation like how we have got it today. That the Hafs is like this. Mars is like this. No, no official compilation. No one objects. Why they object we following Imam Abu Hanifa Ramtulali? Why they don't object that why are you following this car and not that car? And in the time of the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala and Humajbayid, there was no such thing as Bukhari, Muslim, etc. But then now, another question comes about that they say when Mahdi comes, what he will do? Because you see, these people will ask a lot of questions. As I told you, you don't have to be so clever to ask. So they say, when Mahdi comes, so we say, understand something. 
the Mujaddid al-Fisari Rimtulale. He was the reformer of the second century. The hadith of Nabi Akram Salaam says that after, in every century there will be a reformer. And unanimously they say Mujaddid al-Fisari Rimtulale is a reformer of second century. Now in one of his maktubat, he says by kashf, he feels kashf, that means spiritual divine inspiration. Not way, inspiration, he says he'll follow Hanafi Masa. Now, we have written this. Well, what we'll say, if a person says, he said, Kashf, I don't regard it as a, a hujjat in Sharia. He said, no problem. That lead is wajib in our times according to Shawali Delvi Rabdullah, Imam Ghazali Rabdullah. Sayyidah Muttabi Rabbitullah said that the group on salvation is the Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaat, which has been concised in the four Mazaibs, which are Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi, Hambadi. All those persons in the age who do not conform to the Mazabs, they are innovators and dwellers of the fire, not of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaat. The Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaat are Mukalladeen of any one of the four great Imams of Fiqh. Those that do not conform to the any one of the uh, Imams of Fiqh, they are not from the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat. So when Mahdi comes, then one of the two possibilities exist. Either he'll be a Mujtahid, a Mutlaq, like the great Imams of Fiqh, or he'll be Mukallid. <coughs> There's only two possibilities. Mujtahid the Mutlaq, like Imam Abu Hanifa Rabbitulani. Right? Or he'll be a Mukallid. If he is Mujtahid the Mutlaq, and good, that is good, well and good. And if he is true, then in order to be from the Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaat, he has to be a Mukallid. Whether he's a Mukallid of Abu Hanifa Rabbitulani, as per the Kashf of Mujaddid al Fisari Rabbitulani, no problem. But if he has to be from the group of salvation, ma'ana alayhi ashabi, he has to be from the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat is restricted to the four, so he has to be mukallid of one of them. Same thing there is, there mukallid, they pass a rumor, they say, Shawalullah Delvi Rabbitulali. He is a very mukallid. So when we translated Rabbitulai in Wasiya, that in the forward, Mufti Sayyid Palampuri writes clearly one whole discussion that we printed it separately to that Shah Waliullah Devali Rabbitulali can be anything, Hanafi Shafi, anything, but he can't be Khair Mukhalis because he's from the Ennis of the Tanjabat. Now, then go and ask one more question we'll do before we conclude tonight. So you see, Isa alayhi salam, what is going to do? Isa alayhi salam, what is going to do? Hanafi, is going to be Shafi. What is Ulu do? So we reply very shortly, we say, see, he'll be a mujtahid a mutlaq. He's an enemy of Allah, he's a rasul of Allah. So he's going to be mujtahid a mutlaq because the ummati cannot be of the status of enemy. Simple fact that is, greatest of greatest of ummati cannot reach the status of a of the enemy. Like, for example, 
the greatest of greatest of wali cannot equal to the status of a sabi. Greatest of greatest of a wali, so it can never ever come into the lowest of the lowest of sahabi. Now for the mutashaddid, mutasawafid, very difficult to understand. Because unfortunately they make hulu and they take their awliya and they put them above sahaba. In our ummah, the best ummati is Hazrat Abu Bakr. But he cannot equal any Nabi. Of any 124,000 Anbiya, with all respect to Hazrat Abu Bakr, but he, he cannot equal to a Nabi. So Hazrat Isa, he's Jalil al Qadr Nabi. He's very big Nabi, very big Rasul. So he will be a Mujtahid, a Mutlaq. Now what we have learned, we have learned thus far, alhamdulillah, that the Ghair Mukallis are false in their accusations, the following of the Imams is Kufr, Shirk, or Bidat. And the, yeah, they said something now, that the Ghair Mukallis are the rejectors of Qiyas. Because we qualify Rashidin, all of them, we have proven by Qiyas. And they don't accept this. They, they are rejectors of Ijma. All of them made and directed us towards Ijma. They criticize the Imams of Fiqh. They are indirect deniers of Hadith. They are indirect deniers of Quran. Because compilation of Quran, they want to deny that. They are basically followers of the whims and fancies. The Zal, Mazlul, misleading misled and misleading. They are non-conformers to sunnat. They prevent people from performing salah. They are projectors of a deviated version of Islam. The Jamaat members, alhamdulillah, reward them. They bring people who don't make salat onto salah. And now when they, people become regular in salat, these people come and tell them, your salat is not right. Right? And now they wrote even one book, Salatul Rasul. And they proved there that our Salat is not right. And when that book came out, it was called the Havoc. And the youth, they were just giving the youth see of the Tabligh Jamaat, see the Salatul Rasul is the right way of making Salat. Until our ulama, Allah reward Muhammad Amin Okarwi, and we have written about, we translated what he did. He went through the whole book and he proved to them that see, half of the quotations you prove, you say coming from Bukhari, Muslim, are not there. Quotations are not even there. They don't even exist in Hadiths. So how you are going to bluff the, openly bluff the public? Then understand something, later we will talk about this, that when they came, how they came, and why they came. In India, before Queen Victoria, they did not exist. There is no sign of them. And the services they rendered, we have translated it, it's original by Madam Muhammad Amin Okarvi, the Ayla Hadith and British. How the Ayla Hadith, big, big scholars, they helped the British. And they said jihad, is not permissible. Jihad is now Mansukh. 
and you cannot fight the British, they are well wishes. And, by the way, some of our muftis are saying it now too, in our age. Now, the originally, they are originated there. And when our ulama objected to them, they told the British government, they wrote and said, please, don't call us Wahhabis. We want to be registered by the name al All those documents we've got. That they put in request, they were registered al Sanctioned by British government at the time of British rule in India. Then our ulama sent them something else. They said here that in Salat, when you're in Salat, there are various shayateen that come and haunt you, and deviate you. One of them is Wahan. Another one is Hadith. You say, you are the Hadith, you are the Shaitan. So they said, please, you know, now we, we can't change our name, it's already registered. So they stuck with it. Now in Pakistan, they divided themselves <coughs> into various groups. El Hadith Guraba, El Hadith 8 Rakat, El Hadith 12 Rakat, El Hadith Salafi, and funny, funny names. So on that, inshallah, we'll talk about. Wa akhirah, alhamdulillah, wa